little nerds and nerdettes. Junior ambassadors, boys and girls of all ages. We're nerds and uh, we're pretty proud of it. You're entering the Nerd United Nations podcast. Never apologize for being nerdy. All things geek are up for grabs. Because unnerdy people never apologize for being assholes. Now, here's your ambassadors, Melissa Nicholson and Jared Boots. Hey, nerds and nerdettes. Welcome to another episode of the Nerd United Nations podcast. I'm your host and ambassador for the Great White North of Canada, Melissa Nicholson. Our episode today is highlighting Pride Month, which runs all through the month of June. We're going to look at how the LGBT community is represented in media, like film and TV. Um, and in this episode, it's all about celebrating it. Um, not, you know, putting down any shows that might not do it very well or like have the usual stereotypes or anything like that. It's all about celebrating it. And um, all obviously love and respect to the LGBT community and celebrating uh pride month um and i say were because i couldn't do it alone i have with me as always my other host my other co-host <laughs> words uh ambassador for the midwest united states jared boots how are you jared i'm doing good how about you happy pride month happy pride month i'm doing very well I'm excited as always to do the episode, especially this one. This one's going to be a fun one. Yeah, I think it will be. And it's cool. We could, I think we should try to incorporate more of these like themed episodes per month, much like how we did last month with mental health awareness. Yeah, I think so too. Because they're they're well, definitely they're important to to you know observe and highlight and things like that so we'll have to think of something for july if all the fireworks that are gonna be coming up don't drive me insane (laughs) yeah i mean it's same thing over here i mean in three weeks you know july 1st it'll be all about the fireworks so and it usually lasts a little bit either you've got that the pregame you know fireworks and then you have the day of and then you have a few days after because, you know, that's how long Canada Day goes for. So, <laughs> yeah, when I was young, I used to be all about like driving down to Missouri or up to Wisconsin and just buying like a shit ton of bottle rockets and mm-hmm. mortars and all that stuff. And after a while, it's like you become a, a boring ass adult. You try to, you got to work the next day. <laughs> like, okay. So, 12:30 in the morning. Someone's got to work. <laughs> like it's just crap that goes in the air. You're like, do we really need to keep going? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Any hooters? Any hooters? Yeah. <laughs> well, like you, like you said. Uh, talk about Pride Month for this episode and or how it's represented, how the LGBTQ plus community is represented in pop culture. Mm-hmm. Uh, like you said, uh, try to keep the three C's in mind for this episode. We're not here to con- condone 
or condemn any prop anything that might misrepresent the community but we're here just to celebrate the community in general so you said it perfectly <laughs> to reiterate <laughs> <laughs> yeah i just wanted to to make that point and and also like i don't think i've i it may have come up in a casual comment or something like that maybe in a podcast i don't i'm not even sure but um that you know i'll put out there that you know i'm part of the the lgbt community i put the b and the lgbtq um (laughs) i'm you know openly bisexual and i came out uh i think it was uh 2017 um because it wasn't long after that that uh, Mum and I went to uh, first Pride Parade, which was a lot of fun. Um, we actually like uh, walked in the parade and and had a lot of fun. So yeah, it was really cool. And um, even on very much the same day, um, uh, Mum came out as lesbian. So and and that was a pretty big moment for her because. Um, it was basically after 25 years that she finally um, opened up to me and and told me that. And then it wasn't long after that, that same day that I was like, well, you know, kept thinking in my mind, is this, is this a good idea? Like, well, what think about what just, you know, happened. And so that very same day I came out too, and it was the most freeing thing ever. And it was really cool. So, yeah, that's really, really great. I, I I know you've been part of the community, so which is one of the reasons why I wanted to pitch this episode. Yeah. Uh, something I thought you would really get a uh, what's the word I'm thinking of? Something I really thought you'd really enjoy or dig into, you mm-hmm. know? But yeah. I didn't know about your mom. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, she um yeah, it's she she kind of hit it for the 25 years. Like she you know, got married, she, you know, all those things that, the kind of the, the traditional things. Um, and yeah, 25 years and after, you know, parents divorced and, and um, yeah, so it's pretty exciting. It was a pretty, you know, special day, I think. So, yeah. That's neat. I'm super proud for both of you guys. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm not, I'm not a member of the community, but I am an ally to the community. I've I've always been the distinct. I've always been in the, the mindset: love who you want to love, believe what you want to believe, do what you want to do, as long as you're not hurting anybody else. Mm-hmm. Love is love. Absolutely. Um, uh, how would you like to start <clears throat> this episode? Um. Well, I mean, um. You know, kind of look at how, you know, the sort of original thought, maybe original is that the word? Hmm. I think I think I think the elephant in the room with this subject, yeah, is quite definitely that a lot of these things are product of their time that they Mm -hmm. came out in. And um, the reason why we gave that little uh, disclaimer at the beginning is it kind of reminded me of what our friend Michael Lyons would say 
that uh, what Leonard Malton would do with uh, the old Looney Tunes from like the 30s and 40s and 50s. That shows contain stereotypes of certain nationalities, what have you, et cetera, et cetera. In this case, it'd be uh, stereotypes of sexual orientation. But um, it's not uh, it's, it's not celebrating it, saying these stereotypes were wrong then, they are wrong now. Yeah. So, For sure. So. It's, it's, you know, one of those things where it's, you know, not everybody, you know, within the community is, you know, especially, you know, specifically gay men, because, you know, a lot of it was, you know, that they were the overly flamboyant, they were very much, you know, just this over-the-top person, and, you know, that's not the case. I mean, I'm sure there there definitely are the people who are very much like that, but it's not everybody, you know. They people can be, you know, genuine and grounded and just, you know, who they are, you know. And it's just interesting to me that that kind of was that stereotype. But I don't think it was, you know, it's just what it was at the time, right? It was just, well, this is how we're going to portray a gay man. He's going to just be this person. And you know, it's it's definitely changed now because it's you know, um, it worked to to grow that and and recognize that you know that view isn't so much a thing anymore. You know, that recognizing that you know, yeah, they can be a genuine person, they can be who they are, and on the basis of just learning, learn about the person, learn about you know these people and and you know, how they identify and how they are and, you know, look at the person for who they are, not just, you know, oh, let's just, you know, slap a stereotype on them and make them this really over-the-top person. Um, you know, it's it's sad to say, you know, like at one point, a lot of that, if they had a character who is within the LGBT community, that it was considered risky or controversial are you know even to the point of being career ending if you know you're queer on screen and now it's you know definitely changed which is which is really nice to see yeah the earliest recollection i can i can think of somebody being openly gay in the industry would be uh justin whale mm. uh director of bride of frankenstein invisible man frankenstein yeah Talk about trailblazing to be back in that time, 30s and 40s there. Right. And then I just uh, read an article of the day, something I never knew. Uh, Kevin Conroy, the voice of uh, Batman for over the last 30 years of my life. Uh, he came out as gay because he just wrote a comic book um, kind of talking about that for Pride Month for DC, which I never knew. Like, and that's awesome. And he talked about how coming from a devoutly Catholic family and growing up in the fifties and sixties, trying to live with that lifestyle, you know, and mm-hmm. you think of several actors in the eighties where it wasn't, it wasn't, I can't think of a term, so I'm not, I'm not going to risk it. Um, <laughs> where it wasn't, um, 
where a lot of guys didn't live openly. Um, yeah. But you look back like, in the 80s, like Freddie Mercury was openly gay back in the 70s and 80s. You got uh, Elton John. You mm-hmm. got um, Mark Patton from Nightmare on Elm Street 2. You had – was he more open or was he more closeted? So I think he was open, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. I, it's been a while since I've seen the documentary. And then you have uh, – the one that comes to my mind, one of my – uh, favorite actors in what from my favorite comedy troupe is Scott Thompson from Kids in the Hall, openly gay in that time. Mm-hmm. But he also, um, you'll probably hear me bring this show up quite a bit. Um, when it comes to stuff like this, it's just, yeah, Scott was openly gay and he did have a character on the show that was a little more flamboyant, um, named Buddy Cole, who wore the outrageous outfits and talk with a lisp and was very uh, limp wristed and like all that stuff like effeminate you know mm-hmm. but there was a character he based off of one of his ex-boyfriends who was like that and um it's not jumping too far it's the kids in the hall is one of those shows that i think is what handled the uh lgbt community well because another of with Scott being the only one of the five that was gay, um, another four were asked to play gay characters or even women in that in that aspect too. Is they mm-hmm. played it very straight. They weren't over the top. They just played it like regular dudes, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, for those who may not know. I'm working on a play called The Trail to Oregon, which is based off of uh, the Oregon Trail video game. And one of the characters I'm playing is a a gay character. And I took inspiration from the kids in the hall, and I went to my director and said, I want to use just my regular voice for this character because I don't want to risk offending someone, which I think that's the way to do it. Because I don't think... I do not think of it that way. You know, it's. I think that's the best approach to take. Um, another show, I th- like a film recently that's done that well, is um, Halloween Kills, Big John and Little John. Mm. And um, I know the, the big outrage over that film was that well, Michael killed Michael killed uh, this gay couple. But you know what? He has to because you're not. The directors and the writers are not wanting you to side with Michael. Michael is an embodiment of pure evil. So the more people you don't want to see die, that die, like they they do not like the days of you rooting for Michael to show up and kill annoying teenagers is over, man. They want Michael. This Michael is a bad guy. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, that was like really heartbreaking. Have you seen Halloween Kills yet, Melissa? No, not yet. Yeah. Uh, uh, Big John and Little John are this married couple played by uh, Scott MacArthur, and then Little John is played by Michael McDonald from Kids in the Hall. He's a no, not Kids in the Hall. I'm sorry, uh, Mad TV. I oh. get all my uh, I get my uh, sketch shows mixed up all the time. But, but uh, Michael McDonald's he's like a that guy actor. Like um, you've seen the female Ghostbusters film, right? Yeah, yeah. I know you have. Uh, he's the guy that owns the theater. Oh yeah, yeah. He lays out that big old, big old scream. He plays Little John. Okay. Him and his husband are a married couple, and Michael ends up taking him out. And they they are 
like the best character. Like the, if I, I know Holland kills in, in a very far in my list last year, but like <laughs> as far as characters from films went, oh man, they were like top of the list. Mike, Big John and Little John, they like. It's been so long since I've seen a horror movie where I did not want to see somebody die. Like, no, no, oh, not them. It sucks that they had to because they're trying to establish that Michael is a bad dude. But it's like, oh, man, like they were so cool. Why'd they have to die? <laughs> yeah. I'm kind of all over the place right now, I know, but it, it's... Because I'm, I'm thinking, uh, Kids in the Hall, I always go back to because I always think when the straight actors played gay men, they did it right. They did it the right way. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. They, they, they were seeing them, you know, it, it's going to sound kind of weird, but like, um, like treating them, just treating them as, as people. That's because that's who they are. You know, they're they're not anybody weird or or anything. They're just regular people, and that's just who they're portraying. And you know, and and that's you know simply how it is. And <clears throat> you know, it's it's nice to to see that when you know characters are are you know played genuinely. They're not just you know sort of oh we're just gonna do the stereotype or whatever it's like it to me it's almost like you don't care like you you do but you you don't if you're just going to you know do a stereotype typical person like that um but i mean it's it's whatever direction is taken but it's nice when it's when it's simply genuine I, I think there's been shows. I think there's always been shows that have taken the right approach to represent the community. Shows that have taken the wrong and tried to right the ship, and then there's shows that just continue to go down the wrong path. Um, yeah. like another one of my favorite shows growing up was uh, In Living Color, mm-hmm. and the segment Men on. Uh, men on so men on films men on uh men on vacation men on fitness men on tv all the stuff and it, it was david ellen greer and damon wayne two straight males playing stereotypes of much like how um scott thompson played buddy cole because mm. no very exaggerated very exaggerated stereotype mm. and looking back i can laugh at it now because it because I think, so let me ask this question before I finish my point. Yeah. Would it make it okay now if it's that far, if it's just that far out, if the portrayal is that just that far out in left field, do they know that it's nowhere close to being right? Like, though, that's nowhere, that's nowhere near an accurate portrayal. Does that make it like, yeah, you can just laugh at it because like, yeah, that's, there's no way that's based in reality. I think so. I think if it's going to be, you know, their, their approach to it is going to be that kind of outrageous or, or outlandish or things like that. I think, yeah, I think at that point you can laugh because it's just, it's not, you know, you can recognize it's definitely not a, a real portrayal. Um, and it's just, you know, for entertainment. And I mean, and, and it's really, you know, in, in how they approach it. Um 
you know, a lot of the times it's just for, for a laugh or for entertainment. And I mean, it's not a bad thing, you know? Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it, it's funny when it's just completely, it gets to that point of ridiculous, like, where, <laughs> you know, it's just, okay. You're, you're just, you know, being completely silly and, you know, that's ah, fine. You know, it's funny. You can laugh at it for sure. Yeah, um, Family Guy is another one like that too. They, their characters are just their portrayal of the community is just so far out there. Is that why they just keep doing it, getting away with it? Because it's just so far out there. Like, yeah, there's no way that this is an accurate portrayal. Like, they just go so far out into the, into the, the far left that, yeah, this is just silly. So, like, that's not based on anything in reality. <laughs> Um, but going back to my point real quick on the Men On series on um, In Living Color, uh, Keenan Ivory Wayne's and some of the, I think they, him and his couple of his brothers and his sister Kim, and I think even David Allen Greer, who was one of the members of that sketch, uh, talked about that, uh, I want to say 2021, 2020 maybe, at a film festival mm-hmm. celebrating the anniversary. And they even said, like, yeah, we couldn't do that now. Because, like, like, the Men On series, I mean, like, are very much of its time, early 90s. Uh, different world 30 years ago, you know. But even uh, Keen Ivory Waynes came aware of the fact, like, yeah, if we did that now, we'd have to have a couple of gay actors doing that, that segment. Mm-hmm. But I think... Uh, still being in that neighborhood of just being so far out in left field that it's no way it's based in reality is um, South Park. Mm. They're one of those shows that have like tried to right the ship. I'd say that's just my honest opinion. Cause one of the first episodes, uh, they gave Stan a gay dog. <laughs> just so far out based out in reality, you know, and they had the characters, big gay Al and, Oh yeah, yeah. You have Mr. Garrison and his well, the journey of Mr. Garrison is like a whole other episode, I'd say. But uh, <laughs> Mr. Garrison um, being a uh, straight male and then being uh, gay and then becoming a woman. I think he's back to being a male again. <laughs> I think. But um, so the stuff that being that far in left field. But I think they try to write the ship. With, um, they did an episode, I want to say three or four years ago with two of their characters, uh, Tweak and Craig, where I, I think they just had them being in a relationship. And I don't think the boys actually were in a relationship at the time. It's just like, I think a rumor started around the school that they were together and people started making like, a, what's the term, deviant art of them. <laughs> together so they just kind of went along with it and said okay and they were a couple all of a sudden it's <laughs> why not <laughs> yeah why not and i mean you know a lot of these shows they just you know they're always you know pushing that envelope that little bit and you know and it's and i don't feel like it's it's done so much in a you know a hateful way or anything like that. it's just you know, for entertainment, like it's for a laugh. It's to, you know, it, it at the end of the day, it's lighthearted. 
And, you know, I, I know, you know, like, Crazy South Park, like, they always, um, you know, they have an episode and they put it out and it was almost like, okay, they're they're writing it and they're they're prepared to, you know, do something else if this goes wrong or something, you know, but so far they've, you know, they've kept being successful. Um, I remember them saying that in a um, interview on, I think it was, it might have been the Nerdist podcast that they they were on, and uh, yeah, yeah they, it was just it was just it was just Trey. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, just that it's it's one of those things where it's you know recognize it's it's not you know set in reality. It's not. You know, it's just a, you know, happens to be a funny portrayal. That's all it is. You know, you can't take it too seriously. You know, I'm sure there's people that do, but, you know, at the end of the day, you just, you got to laugh at it. (laughs) I think you're trying to make the point is like, Trey and Matt don't give a shit if they piss anybody off. They're actually, they're actually welcoming people coming at them with the pitchforks and torches. It's here. They've been around since like '97, still doing what they do. And I, I've always praised those two just because you get a lot of shows that claim they're that claim they're equal opportunity offenders, but these guys are legit equal opportunity offenders because they make fun. What makes them equal opportunity offenders? It's like they always says, "Oh, Family Guy is equal opportunity offender." Okay, so they'll, they'll do two ten episodes in a row making fun of the conservative agenda and then they'll do one episode making fun of the liberal agenda. It's like, okay, that's not how the opportunity works. It's what South Park does and makes it more brilliant is they take like, for example, the pandemic episodes they've been doing where they make fun of the one side of the, of the division that the population that's, Oh, you got to wear your masks and blah, blah, blah. And then make fun of the other side that's the more relaxed on that stuff so it's like oh it's a conspiracy blah blah blah. so they make fun of the extremities of both sides how both sides of the debate can be be obnoxious outrageous <laughs> and obnoxious that's what i that's what i think like accurate portrayal of what equal opportunity offenders are mm-hmm. you gotta both sides have to take their arrows they get to see the absurdity of both sides exactly the absurdity of both sides has to be exploited Mm-hmm. For it to be like opportunity offender, you just can't say like, oh, you can't like the one side of the debate cannot be taking all the slings and arrows, and then you get like one shot back. You know, it's yeah. it's an like opportunity offender. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, what about shows that kind of like one show that comes to mind is Letterkenny. Mm-hmm. So you got Glenn. Yeah. Who. I think he's almost tiptoeing on that borderline, almost outrageous portrayal. Yeah. But I don't think he's also... Has Glenn been outed on the show? I don't think so. And, and the same with... with uh, well, Rold has been out. Has been outed on the show. Yeah. So, uh, but then I look at the other side with uh, the couple of Ron and Dex... Mm. And I almost put them in the same category as like a Big John, Little John from Halloween Kills. Yeah. Like they they really portray up Ron and Dax when they met up with Jonesy and Riley just to be 
a couple other dudes, you know? Mm-hmm. They do the same chirping like those two do and everything. Yeah. <laughs> and they, they, they're they well accepted by everybody in the community, much like, because I think, yeah, if I'm not mistaken, that's what the wedding that Wayne and Dan and Derry and all them go, I think they go for protection too, don't they, to make sure fights don't break out and stuff, just to be like uh, enforcers almost. Yeah. So that's one show that kind of make. Uh, we haven't touched much on bisexuality either. Cause I, I, I was kind of like scraping my right in my brain to like kind of find any shows that kind of deal with bisexuality. And like, well, you got uh, Katie and um, the McMurray's on there, obviously. Yeah. But is it? I almost wrote down. Uh, like her name right now. Um, Gail. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking of. Mm-hmm. I, I, Carlos Gail, because I don't think Gail comes off as being bisexual very often on the mm-hmm. show, but it's. Uh, is Katie's bisexuality almost played off as just like played for a joke? Because it seems like it's not played on very often. Like, she's. Talk about her affinity for Bonnie McMurray. Who hasn't? I think everybody in Letterkenny's got a feeling for her. Right. And then uh, um, with Mrs. McMurray more than anyone. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, can you think of any? Because the only other thing I can think of was dodgeball. And again, that's just like put off as like a one-off joke too at the end of the film. Yeah. Um. Honestly, no. Like there wasn't. It's not something that I feel like is is sort of like a, a like hi, not, maybe not highlighted is the word, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with that. Is is not always sort of a thing that's there, and and I kind of agree with you with you know like with Katie, um that it, it kind of kind of sort of is played off like a joke but it's but I think it, it's trying to just it's it's more casual like it's not you know like she'll have her, her, her little comments and things and, and whatever but it's not sort of fully out there I don't know if that makes any sense but <laughs> I, maybe not so much played off as a joke but it's not it's sort of the, the spotlight isn't on it a lot. It they they don't beat you over the head with it like yeah. it's an important characteristic that they want you to know it exists. Yeah, yeah, and I think honestly, I think that's very much just a Canadian thing. We don't beat people over the head with stuff. We we just we're not those people. We're we're a hell of a lot more chill about these things, and you know, it's like whatever. It's it's not a it's not something that we're gonna you know decide that we have to remind you about it every five minutes. It's 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 important, but it's not important. You know, it's just is what it is. Move on. You know. Um. But so I think that that's kind of it. I think it's just it's it's very much that you know a Canadian thing where we're just yeah whatever. 
it'll it'll be mentioned a couple times or or something or or casually, but eh, <laughs> it's it's not like you know you're, you're not beating over the head with it. <laughs> you're not gonna be lost in the episode if you didn't know Katie was bisexual or had the hots for Bonnie McMurray. Yeah. <laughs> but again, everybody in Letterkenny has the hots for. Where there's five thousand people in Letterkenny. <laughs> these are their these are their problems, but Bonnie McMurray ain't one. <laughs> Bonnie McMurray. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah, it's it's. I don't feel like. Um, there was only one, one character that did come to mind, um, and that was a, a character from Grey's Anatomy, because I, I watched that for a while. I, I got up to about season four of 875. I think that's where they're at now. <laughs> so I, many believe, I believe they're in their 49th season. Yeah, yeah, that, that's probably more accurate, yeah, 49th. <laughs> Just about their fiftieth. Yeah. Um, they, they're gonna they're gonna catch up to the Simpsons, who I think are going to their hundred and seventy fifth season here in the next year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. But yeah, I I watched up the season before. Like I I did really enjoy the the show, and um you know when I watched it, there was a character, um Callie Torres, who um she was. She came out as bisexual, that she was somebody who realized it was, it was sort of like it wasn't so much like you were hit over the head with it. It was like, you know, a little bit of a um, journey realization that, OK, that like this is who I am. This is how I, I identify. And it was done in a really just, you know, natural way. Like it wasn't just this big shocking moment. It was just like this is who she is as a character. And so that was a character that, that I thought of um, for, you know, being bisexual. And, I mean, there's a lot more certainly now. Um, but, yeah, that was one that uh, came to mind. But it was very just, you know, again, like a, just a casual thing, not, you know, not making an event out of it, not, you know. And, and I think they, they, you know, they definitely did it right. You know, we're not going to make a big thing of it, but it's still important. It's still significant. And, you know, so yeah. I think a lot of uh, that representation of the community in uh, comics. Mm. With, uh, everybody loves, uh, including myself, love the relationship between Harley and Ivy. Yeah. For example. And I remember there being like, a big stink last year. When it was announced that they're making Tim Drake Red Robin bisexual in the mm-hmm. comics, and um, I believe it's Superman's son, the new Superman is also bisexual, I believe. Yeah. If I'm not mistaken, there also is, I think there's also like hints that Wonder Woman's bisexual, and then um, Catwoman also. And mm-hmm. to the people that get upset about that. Is this the the orientation of a comic book character really the hill you want to die on? You know, 
Exactly. Like, has there really been anything that where that's gonna like something like that's gonna deter you from like of characters orientation is not gonna deter me from reading a comic if if it's a character I love it's a character I love it 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 it's nothing like I'm not a huge Red Robin reader but I'm not gonna stop buying Batman comics if Tim Drake's gonna be in it you know like. Yeah. I'm a guy that's I'm there for the story. These are characters I've loved my whole life. I'm there for the story. It's about, you know, character growth, character evolution. Like this is, you know, who they are. You know, it might not have been something that was, you know, really open at first, of course, but then it's this is who they are now. This is, you know, and I mean not so much who they are now, but just this is who they are. And, you know, I, I think that's, you know, I, I think it's really great that they have the, these characters and, um, you know, it would be nice to, there probably is, um, I'm just, I'm, I'm not so much enlightened on yet anyway, <laughs> on, you know, like comic book characters and things like that, but, um, you know, make characters that, you know, are this is who they are like they are bisexual they are gay they are you know even so far as to go transgender you know um you know create these original characters that this is who they are from the start and you know it's how you're going to you know educate people and open up minds a little bit more and you know you're, you're not then you're not going to have you know, the people saying, well, I don't like that, that this person's now this or that or whatever, this, that, the other thing. It's like, no, like, this is the character. This is the, their growth, their evolution. <laughs> why, why are you having a hissy fit over it? You know, <laughs> people are dying overseas for stupid reasons. And you're pissed off that a, a comic book character is bisexual. It's like, come on, man. Exactly. <laughs> I do. I do want to track down that Kevin Conroy story now because I'm just kind of curious to read it. Um, yeah. cause I like stories like that too because I, I went out and bought. Uh, Paul Dini wrote a comic called Dark Knight, mm-hmm. and uh, it's about him recovering from when he got assaulted many years ago yeah. and kind of his recovery from that process, you know. So I like I like to read stuff like that too to learn about people. Mm-hmm. I was trying to rack my brain because I think there was a Marvel character, a member of the X-Men, that was gay. I want to say it was Iceman. Maybe I'm not. I'm actually not sure. I'm not a huge Marvel reader, but I'm, I'm 90% sure it was Iceman from the X-Men. Because um, the only other thing I can think off the top of my head was... Uh, Deadpool 2, Negasonic Teenage Warhead. Yeah. And I love how Wade's super happy for it, too. Because mm-hmm. I love like, the little running gag or every time he comes around, hi, Nico. Yeah. Yeah. Hi, Wade. Yeah. 
Yeah. But yeah, the, you know, characters that, you know, that I thought of that um, mostly Doctor Who. <laughs> um, well, aren't most of them aliens anyway? So, like, what's even what's even the big hubbub of, about it all? Exactly. I mean, you know, you've got um, like, you know, um, these characters, uh, Madame Vastra and Jenny Flint. Now, Madame Vastra is a Silurian. She she's like um, reptile lady, for lack of a better description. <laughs> but it's like they're married and they're they're great characters like i absolutely i love them they're in quite a few episodes and um they're a lot of fun and um and then you have you know uh who is in the sort of the the well he was he was in the, the 2005 like reboot like the early seasons of that um, Captain Jack Harkness, played by John Barrowman, who in real life is gay. Um, <laughs> he played a character that is, they, they basically, they made up a, uh, it might actually be a genuine term, but they, they made the term of omnisexual, which is basically he'll just, you know, flirt with anybody, he'll, you know, sleep with anybody that, that moves or whatever, it doesn't matter if you're an alien, whatever, doesn't matter. You know, he'll flirt with you regardless. Um, and it's just who he is. Like, he's just a absolutely, you know, wonderful character. Um, and then, you know, I mean, Doctor Who is just full of aliens and weirdness anyway. So what does, you know, somebody like that, you know, it's not really groundbreaking or anything like that. But it's just, it's still fun. And it's still nice to see that you have that, right? And... You know, I, I absolutely love his character. It's he's just so much fun. Like he get he kind of gets everybody else going too, like with the the playful flirting and and things. And it's just you know made it a lot of fun. Um, but and then you had um a companion later on, uh, Bill Potts, who she was um she was lesbian and. And it's, you know, how they approach it is just kind of the most, you know, casual thing in the world. I mean, it is Doctor Who, you know, but it's still just not a big event, not anything. It's just they, this is who she is. And, you know, it, it's great when, when you have those, you know, I think I've kind of repeated myself quite a lot, but just that genuine person, the genuine character, the, you know, you're not making an issue out of it it's just you know this is who they are and you know it's great it's really great to see that you know when you know we were talking earlier how you know a lot of this stuff was you know controversial and just a really taboo thing now it's more widely accepted it's not so much a oh you gotta like not speak about it because you know somebody you know get their panties in the knot over it or something um <laughs> but yeah um but yeah those are characters that obviously i mean you know me and doctor who i can't you know go five minutes without mentioning it but <laughs> but just you know um it's nice to see that in you know more recent 
shows that you have that. You know, I'm sure there's people that have taken issue with it or anything like that. But again, it's like there's other things, just like the you know comic book characters. You know, there there's certainly other things that you know are far more important. You know, <laughs> than complaining about something like that. Okay, okay, you're outraged. Go over there. Okay, shut up. Nobody cares. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's it's nice to see, you know, I think there's still a lot of, you know, there, there's still a lot of growth to, you know, to do, but I think we've, you know, we, we've certainly come a long way. You know, from from then to to now, and and I mean, you can you can look at a lot of these other shows that explored that earlier. That I'm sure, you know, it was the sort of that foundation of growth within, you know, media for having these characters and them being themselves and being open and, you know, not it being such a, you know, taboo thing. Um, I'm going to go back to the kids in the hall again. I think Buddy yeah. Cole is probably one of the best examples, too, of a homosexual character. So I love how his his defense and homophobes and all this other stuff, like, he just... Mm-hmm. And that's what this character is known for, is just giving monologues. I think I've sent some of these to you before, haven't I? Yep. Yeah, I've watched quite a few of them, yeah. Yeah, Buddy Cole, I think, was always one of my favorite sketches. It is always hilarious and his monologues are always great <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah definitely a fun character <laughs> um, yeah I, I really think it can only, it, it, in a perfect world it could only get better from here you know absolutely Absolutely. Um, you know, it's it, it, yeah, it's it's just all about you know, like like the key. I think the key word is that that growth and you know, r- recognizing and it's it's the growth acceptance. It's you know, um, just having it be you know, normal thing. I mean, even, you know, I, I've been um, uh, doing a rewatch of MASH recently, and you've got Klinger, who he, you know, his his plan is, you know, get a Section 8 discharge, you know, to say that, oh, he's crazy. And, you know, one of the things he does is, you know, he wears dresses. And, you know, I mean, at that time, it being, you know, it was around like you know seventies and eighties, you know that was still very much, you know. Uh, well, the the Korean War took place in the fifties. Yeah, so that yeah. So, yeah, but I mean like when the show was being made, even in that time period too, but it being set, you know, in that time period, right? That yeah. you know that was probably that would have been, you know. It kind of reminds me of um, the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Mm. 
back in the 70s that stuff was more taboo yeah. so when i thought when i heard they're making a remake for fox on what the mid-2000s first thought in my head was well is it even gonna be that much of an impact because that stuff is more accepted now it's not as taboo as it was back in 1974 Mm -hmm. or 75 but 74 and prior when the was actually still just a stage show Yeah, that that sort of shockingness of it isn't so much there. Yeah, yeah. the the shocking of cross-dressing is not there really either because I've done two comedias now and I've cross-dressed in both of them and it gets some laughs, but it it's, doesn't get like an overwhelming laugh response. Like my Elsa just got a huge yeah. comedic response, but I played a female country singer last year it it got nothing like it did get some laughs but it didn't get overwhelming reactions because it's become such a a welcome part and such a it's not as taboo as it used to be so it's become more accepted it's become more accepted in the in the uh like vernacular yeah it's it's definitely not not something that you know, is, you know, taboo or anything like that anymore. Which, I mean, I, I, in, in my opinion, I think it's, it's a, it is a little bit sad in a way because it's, you know, it's meant to be humorous. It's meant to be, you know, funny because it can get, you know, ridiculous and, and, you know, outrageous and it's sort of that humor is gone and that's kind of that's how I, i'm looking at it is that well that that humor is gone i mean yes it's you know definitely it's nice that it's not you know a shocking thing like it's it's a little bit more normal but and accepted but it's also you know that that little bit of humor is gone you know i think i, I, I think the, i think the key to that is in the performance actually yeah so when I played the the country singer Peach Fuzz last year, I again drew back to Kids in the Hall and their portrayal. So I look at two different ways of portraying men as women. And you look at the Monty Python. We're essentially the trailblazers for that. Oh, yeah. And then you look at Kids in the Hall. And Monty Python, that very humorous the way they did it, but they were more high-pitched voices and squeaky voices and everything while most of the time kids in the hall they'd use close to their normal voice or just raise an octave mm-hmm. essentially what i did with both elsa and my female country singer is i know like okay me coming out dressed as elsa is going to get a few laughs but the fact that i'm singing let it go <laughs> straight as possible like is going to like taking it seriously is gonna get more last anything like okay this guy's like seriously trying to sing at Dina Menzel. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it's more in the performance anymore now. Like okay this guy's like legit doing it. Like yeah, yeah. But it's it's that that's where the the the, the humor comes from is when it's played so genuine. Burning. 
earnestly. Yeah. yeah, earnestly, that's the word. <laughs> this word just, yeah, but it can be really funny. <laughs> and I mean, you did freaking amazing, by the way. <laughs> Probably told you that, but you know. <laughs> yeah. The most shocking thing was I was shocked how high the slit went up on that dress. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it, I think that's it's a lot of it's key, and I'm glad that it's really not taboo anymore. You know, yeah. it's it's more accepted. Mm. It's just you know, it's what it is. Like it's not, you know, it's not a shocking thing, and it is. It really is nice to see. It's it's very refreshing. Um, you know, it, I. You know, I really like seeing that where it's just, yeah, it is what it is. You know, nobody's going to make an issue out of it. It's just going to be, you know, um, accepted. And well, well, drag, drag shows are huge down here in the States, man. Like, I, I hear what I hear. They're just a blast to go yeah. to. Yeah, they're definitely a big thing here, too. Even even locally, we have a lot of that. And I haven't been to one, sadly. I'd love to. Cause I, like you said, like, I've heard. You know, but they're just a hell of a lot of fun. So one time, one time we're gonna get to it. <laughs> I I hear they're just a blast. You got people like RuPaul to thank for that. Like, yeah, the, RuPaul definitely the the poster child for that. Yeah, my my only my only nitpick is that they always look so damn fabulous, and then there's me. It's like, <laughs> like how dare you be so fabulous and look oh, amazing? Oh stop. <laughs> <laughs> Stop it right now. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the only uh only nitpick I have. It's, damn it, amazing. But yeah, it's 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 nice to see that stuff. Like you know, you you even got you know, yeah, like RuPaul's Drag Race and all that stuff. That it's more of a thing, and that and that just encourages more acceptance because you learn about these people and and you know what they do and and the process that goes into to you know creating their characters that they create and you know just their elaborate outfits and everything. Like it's quite a thing it's it's amazing um and just you know the, the creativity is just astounding um and you know it's it's nice to see it is you know that it's just you know it's it's so much more normal it's not just oh it's a dude in a dress or something like no you know it's what they do and they're amazing at it <laughs> you know Yeah. Do you have any favorite actors or actresses in the community? Mm. Well, I do like... um, I do like Kate McKinnon. Oh, I love Kate McKinnon. She's, oh my God, 
fucking brilliant. <laughs> like the, the female Ghostbusters film catches a lot of grief, but she is amazing in that film. Yeah. Because with her being the female equivalent of Egon, she's such a polar opposite of Harold Ramis, and it's so awesome. Yeah. It's, it's really great. And she's just, you know, like, I feel like probably first introduced to her through, like, SNL. And yeah. just, you know, kind of went from there, because she's just really, really great. Um. And yeah, I, I just I I freaking love her. <laughs> and then like, you know, I, I love John Barrowman. I think he's you know a great actor, and you know, absolutely love him in in um uh in Doctor Who. I think he was absolutely brilliant. Um, and then I think he's he's just a great person too, outside of you know characters and things like that so uh, i'll say it before i say it again um scott thompson kids in the hall is great mm. i haven't seen him in much outside of kids in the hall related stuff i've seen him in a few things but like um neil patrick harris is another great one yes he's great um jim parsons i loved him at big bang theory Oh, I can't think off the top of my head, though. Uh, I had somebody else in, my, in mind, too. Yeah, so did I. And I had, uh, Cassandra Peterson, who recently came out a few years uh, recently, in the last few months. Also yeah, known as Elvira. Yep. Which I think she was feared that would ruin her career, but I know lots of women that love Elvira. I know she's like mostly targeted at, at the male audience, but I know a lot of women that love Elvira, man. Yeah. I think that that was that was really great that she finally, you know, like she, you know, out in the open like that. Like that's really awesome. I think it's just that, you know, finding that that moment that, you know, you you feel comfortable to to share that, and you know, she obviously she finally she found that that moment, and it was really awesome. I think she just posted a picture of herself on her Instagram at the long ago with her and her girlfriend, like, oh, that's so cute. <laughs> Look at them, <laughs> happy little couple there. Yeah. <laughs> so happy for her. I swore I had some other in mind, but I just can't think of them. As soon as you hit, as soon as you hit stop record, they're gonna be riding, oh, we'll be no. them all off. Yeah, we're we're gonna go on for days of of people. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's just you know the the few that you know obviously we really enjoy and are always great and everything that they do. Yeah. I hope we've given enough praise, I think. And I think so. 
I think we we've certainly done that and then some. I think we you know um very positive and very just you know cool as a cucumber with everything. <laughs> That's all, the whole tent was was to celebrate the community. So I hope we did a good enough job of that. I think so. Because it deserves to be celebrated. Absolutely. You know, I, I know, like we, you know, we have a whole, you know, whole month, you know, Pride Month, but it's it's got to be celebrated all the time because it's so important. And you I, know, I thought I thought another favorite actor of oh, mine yeah. in the community, Graham Chapman from Monty Python. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> so we're just listing off people from fucking sketch shows. Chapman, <laughs> <laughs> another out and open at a, a time where it wasn't a mm-hmm. time where a lot of people were out and open about it, you know? I can't, you know, I I can't imagine, you know, just being in the, the a time period where it's not widely accepted. Like it's that I, I can't imagine how challenging that would have been, you know, that you you want to be, you know, who you are and live genuinely and, you know. You you can but you can't, and I I just can't I I can't imagine what what that would have been like. Um, I mean we you know we we still have a lot of ways to go, but you know we we have come you know quite far, and you know definitely you know there's been a lot of growth and a lot of you know. Um, more acceptance within society and, and people's views and things like that. And, you know, it's definitely become a little bit more normal. But, you know, there, there's still a ways to go. But like anything, it's always, you know, it, it's always a thing. It's always a journey. So, but it's it's awesome, you know, where we are now. I like you just said it right there. But I also just can't. Imagine the hell that somebody had not just uh, being a time where it wasn't widely accepted, but just in general having to feel like it's something you have to hide. You know, it sucks that we have to live in a world where we can't just be openly who we are. Mm -hmm. I hope those who are living with it are afraid. I hope they find the courage. And the strength to come out and say it, you know, live to be who they are so they can be happy. You know, it's it's terrible. But we live in a world where they don't they don't feel safe enough to do so. It's it's just makes me sick that people can't be who they want to be. You know, mm. it, it really is. It, it's it's heartbreaking. It really is. Um Yeah, <laughs> it's 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 heartbreaking, but you know it's never more courageous to 
finally to say, okay, this is who I am. And, you know, be, be brave enough to say, to openly say that and be genuinely who you are. And, you know, yeah, it's, you know, it can be hard. It can be, you know, tough that, you know, if you don't have your, you know, safety net of people that are there for you. Um, but it shouldn't let you deter you from being who you are and who you want, you know, who you, who you want to be. Like, it was just genuinely yourself. And, you know, there, there's nothing more courageous than, you know, finally saying that this is who I am. And, you know, yeah. Um, so carrying on from uh, last month, what we started with Mental Health Awareness Month, um, do you have a recommendation for a film or sh- show to go along with the theme of the month with Pride Month? I think I'm, I mean, there's so many, but, um, I think I'm going to pick, I'm going to pick Rocket Man. Um, because it's, it's, you know, it's a absolutely fabulous movie and, you know, it, it, it's also a powerful one because it's, you know, it's, it's the story of Elton John and, and, you know, what he went through and, you know, who he became and how, you know, he was he's you know now living a lot more you know genuinely and you know definitely loved better and yeah um i I, it's and yeah it's a really really good movie i absolutely adore it so i would definitely highly recommend rocket man um Still a film I haven't seen, but I know I need to rectify it sometimes. It's on the round to it list. <laughs> well, put it at number one on that list, please. <laughs> I do love Elton John. I have no shame in admit I love Elton John. As uh, the, the punk and metalhead me, I still love Elton John. And and um, Taron Edgerton just he morphs into Elton John. Like you you forget that it's you know an actor playing him. Like he just becomes him and does an amazing job. So yeah. Um, my recommendation for Pride Month is going to be something we've touched on briefly it's a documentary on shutter called screen queen and it, it's dealing with uh mark Patton and all the stuff he had to deal with on the set and the um out of I'm trying to think of the proper word for that in the wake of uh nightmare Elm street 2 freddy's revenge yeah um very heartfelt and um moving i'd say Absolutely. Like I, I admit, I got a little nervous watching that documentary when he finally got to come face to face with the guy who wrote the script for it. I'm like, oh man, yeah. this is gonna get ugly, isn't it? And it was actually a really sweet moment. Yeah. You know? It was. 
I was nervous about that too. I was like, oh my god, like how how is this gonna go? And it was what it was, and it was it was great, and it was you know so wonderful that it was. Um, you know, Mark got his closure. You know, the finally- guy caught a the guy caught a lot of shit for something that for something he didn't do. You know. Yeah. He exactly. did the job, the film that he was hired to make, and he caught so much crap for it, you know. But I'm I'm happy that we live we live in a world where, much like Halloween three season of the witch is more accepted, how uh, Nightmare on Elm Street two is also getting more love now. Mm-hmm. I believe Mark Patton's even an icon now. Considered more of an icon now in the community, isn't he? Yeah. Like a, a, almost like a if a Nightmare Two has reached like a cult status, you know? Yeah. Which that's my favorite sequel, the whole franchise. Yeah, it's a good. One. I, I think we've talked about it numerous times. Like when even when Guy was on, that Freddy's still scary. Yeah. In that film, he's not cracking the one-liners or anything, so it's. Mm-hmm. It still has that terror level. It still takes place in the universe. Yeah. So those are our recommendations. And like I said, I hope we I hope we did some justice for this month. Because I, I was ner- I, I was nervous because I, w- I wanted to do a great job to help celebrate Pride Month. Which you did. You knocked it out of the park. And you did as well. No. Oh. <laughs> I think Just let anybody know, know out there that this is a safe place for you guys. Thousand percent. Yep. Absolutely a safe place. All all nerds, regardless of orientation, color, religion, are all welcome here. Yep. We gotta stick together. Because there's so much division in the world. We gotta stick together, man. Oh, absolutely. It's important. So, Melissa, where can the listeners keep up with you if they choose to? They can keep up with me on um, Twitter and Instagram. Uh, both my uh, handles on Twitter and Instagram is at Miss Melissa N25, M I S S M E L I S S A N 25. It's all lowercase, nothing fancy. Um, Twitter feed is currently all hockey, all Colorado Avalanche. <laughs> it's literally all you're gonna see. Um, but you can, you know, uh, there's also a few funny things on there. And then my Instagram is, you know, just nature pictures. Um, elusive as as um, Bigfoot selfies, whatever, all kinds of random stuff. So if you want to follow me on there, you certainly can. And I also have um, an art page on Instagram called Scribbles of a Wannabe Drawer. It's all lowercase. And it's where I post all the little scribbles and doodles and things that I do. And so uh, where can they find you, Jared? Uh, You can keep up with me on Twitter and Instagram at QCA underscore Mista, M-I-S-T-A underscore J. It's where you find pictures of my cats and of my beard. Um, I mentioned earlier, I'm in the middle of play rehearsals right now and tug fest so you might see more stuff revolving around that um 
I also have another podcast in the works with my good friend Mikey, who's also a friend of this show. So we'll look for that maybe hopefully later this summer or earlier this fall. Um, as a podcast as a whole, you can keep up with us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at uh, Nerd Nine Nations Podcast. And you can also send us an email at nerdnationspodcast at gmail.com. And if you <clears throat> and if you want to keep listening to us as a podcast, um, you can find us at our home at Podbean. Uh, we're also on uh, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and iHeartRadio. And on any one of those uh, platforms, uh, be sure to leave a rating and review. Um, we really genuinely appreciate it, and it helps us be a little bit more um, noticed within the podcast community and allows for new listeners to find us. And stay tuned to your podcast feeds because our next episode will be, is a huge one for us. It is our three-year anniversary with some very special guests. I'm definitely excited for that next episode coming here. Yeah, me too. Really exciting. I still can't believe three years already. <laughs> Time flies. We talk about a lot of nerdy bullshit. <laughs> Absolutely. Of course, of course, I say nerdy bullshit in a, a very affectionate way, you know. Yeah. Absolutely. Just to us, it's everything, but to everybody else, it's, it's just bullshit. <laughs> <You> yeah. <know? laughs> sometimes even us. Sometimes even us. Like we know it's bullshit, but we still love it, you know. Yep. <laughs> You should see the looks I got when I talked about how I have a puppet that loves Batman 66, man. <laughs> I get weird <laughs> looks. But you know what? I don't care. I have puppets <laughs> with personalities that love the same shit I love, you know? <laughs> Any hooters. Um... The world is a scary place in more ways than one for everybody. Regardless of what you believe or who you love. But remember, love is love. Everybody deserves to be themselves. No matter what they believe in, who they love, what they want to do with themselves. Love who you want to love. Be what you want to be. Believe what you want to believe as long as you're not hurting anybody else. I think that's the main thing. And the best way we can all get along in this big old scary world is to be excellent to each other. And nerd on, dudes. Happy Pride Month. The thoughts and opinions expressed by your ambassadors and their guests are theirs and theirs alone. And do not represent the companies they happen to work for. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening, guys.